Hey everybody, welcome to today's Take Heart. I want to return as a one-off special treat to look at the subject of temptation. The reason uh, for that is I'm having to remind myself quite a bit at the moment that when I'm feeling worn out and weary, and I am, and I'm sure you are as well, <laughs> uh, when I'm feeling knackered, I am more vulnerable to giving in to temptation. And Alcoholics Anonymous have a, an anagram, the word HALT. When you are hungry, angry, lonely, tired, HALT. Because those are the times where you are most vulnerable, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a tendency when it comes to quote-unquote sin to soften the language around it. Certainly when it regards to myself. So rather than talking about my sin, I'll use language like my little weakness or what I do when I'm tired, or what I do during a semi-lockdown, which is what I'm now calling the phase that we're in. And the, uh, uh, you know, we can all have things that we struggle with. So that might be selfishness, that might be pornography, that might be um, just unkindness to people, uh, it might be jealousy, but I mean, you name it, we'll have sins that for us personally are a bit of a battle. And um, one of the things that I have found is that my, my sin, I don't want to do it because I know it's wrong, but also I know that it, it destroys me, it destroys relationships, it, it can distract me from serving Jesus, um, and I can end up feeling just very defeated by that. And so it's helpful just to come back again to, well, how does the scripture talk about sin? And does it give us, um, which it does, kind of wisdom for how we might... Uh, deal with some of the things that we find a bit tempt well we find tempting in our lives and um, Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 has this verse where he he doesn't mince his words he's really direct as Paul can be and he says this flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness faith and love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart and I think that little phrase flee and pursue flee and pursue gives us real wisdom for how we might deal with this and I just want to say as a caveat here um, the way that I've approached dealing with sin so often in my life is beating myself up I need to try harder I need to grip my teeth and I've loved what Mike's been saying about dependence on the spirit the last couple of take hearts he's done and yesterday when he was talking about the fact that it's it's not that our choices don't matter um, you know, we need to make wise choices, I'm going to talk about that, but, but our trust is not in our willpower and our ability, it's, it's in his goodness, and it's in his grace, and it's in the fact that he's willing to help us, so, so that's where our hope is. Having said that, come back, and come, come back to these words, flee and pursue. First of all, flee. To, um, to flee temptation means to run hard in the opposite direction. And we can, um, if, we're, if we're not aware, take a bit more of a casual approach to sin. We can hang around in the vicinity, justifying things to ourselves and getting as close as we can to the quote-unquote sin without committing it. That can be our attitude to it. Probably the person that sort of whose story gives you a picture of this the best is Samson. Um, his story in the Old Testament is an absolute tragedy. 
Judges chapter 13, he is, we're told, called by God from birth, set apart, he's anointed. He gets the spiritual gift of supernatural strength. Come on, that's a good one. And he, um, he, he just messes the whole thing up. Um, and what we see in his life is it's a series basically of him pushing the limits, pushing the boundaries. So the vows that he, had, uh, he was meant to live out were what were called the Nazarite vows. And he wasn't meant to drink any wine or, or eat any grapes. He wasn't meant to touch any dead bodies. And he wasn't meant to have his hair cut ever. I'm wondering if Mike has taken a Nazarite vow with the hair thing. But anyway, um, you see that he compromises. So there's, there's more than one occasion where he walks through a vineyard. Now that's a bad idea if you're not meant to even eat a grape. That's like me taking a vow to not eat saturated fat and then spending my time in the McDonald's kitchen. It's, it's like, I'm not, I could say I'm not technically eating it. No, but you're about as close as you can possibly be without doing that. Um, he kills a lion uh, on one occasion in the vineyard and he goes back to the vineyard and he goes across to look at the dead lion. Again, if you're not gonna touch a dead body, that's probably not a good idea. He eats honey from inside the lion's carcass that has been made by a bee's nest in there. And all we see there is, again, he's just pushing the limits, testing the limits, justifying it to himself. And then towards the end, he ends up having this relationship with Delilah. And Delilah tries to get the secret of his strength out of him. And he tell, he makes up lies, and each lie is a little bit closer to what the real truth is, which is it's all from his hair. And uh, eventually he tells her the truth, falls asleep. She cuts his hair off as she had previously tried to trap him when he was sleeping. Um, but this time the trap worked. And when he woke up, she said, Samson, the Philistines are here because she caught them. She betrayed him. The Philistine killers come to get Samson. And what he says to himself, you can read it in Judges chapter 16, verse 20, is he says, I'll just basically defeat them like I did last time. I'll shake myself free. Because he thinks he's the strongest man in the world. And he hasn't realized that compromise after compromise after compromise has made him vulnerable. And so in the end, they capture him and he dies in captivity. And um, I just think those, those final words that he says before they capture him are so haunting. I'll just go out like I did last time and shake myself free. Because we can have this approach. Uh, to sin. You know, we say to ourselves things like, and I say it to myself, I'm still in control. I can walk away from this anytime I want. Um, you know, and then I'll say things like, I'm tired. It, it's, it's been a very stressful few months. Um, I'm under a lot of pressure. I can stop whenever I want. And our attitude, if we're, if we're not wise to it, can be, how close to the line can I get before I technically cross it? That was Samson's approach, and look where he ended up. Sooner or later what happens is we think we're in control of the temptation, but eventually it begins to control us. And so instead, a much wiser approach to take is to say, okay, this is something that is an area for me that I know is a danger area. I've seen myself fail here probably before. So what am I told to do? Flee. Run hard in the opposite direction. How far away from this line? can I get? If you've noticed things in, in yourself, um, as I have in the last little while, maybe the attitude would be better to, to, to be, I'm going to nip this in the bud right now. I'm going to run hard away from it. Flee. Second one, pursue. 
Uh, it's not just what we run from, but it's who we run to. Righteousness, faith, love and peace, they're founding in God. And uh, I thought for years, I've got to get my sin and my mess dealt with so that I can come to God. And I didn't realise it's only by coming to God that I'll get my sin and my mess dealt with. Um, and so I've, I've been trying to live in that freedom of, yeah, I do have all these things that I've, that I've been doing wrong. So I'm going to bring it to him and I'm going to put it at his feet. And what I find there is not condemnation, but grace and mercy. Yes, I do have all these temptations that I wish I didn't have, these inner battles that I fight within myself. So what I'm going to do is rather than pretend that doesn't exist, I'm going to be honest and bring that to God, knowing that Jesus gets it because he was tempted in every way when he lived on the earth. So he understands what it is to be tempted. I'm going to bring this mess to him and I'm going to ask him to strengthen me. Final thought on it. It says, pursue along with others who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So again, one of the things that I found most helpful for nipping some of this stuff in the bud early or for dealing with it if it's become already a pattern that I've found myself getting into is, is sharing it with other people. One or two trusted close friends who can, who can speak God's truth to us, who can speak of his love and his mercy and his grace and who can pray with us that the Holy Spirit might help us. Let's be on our guard in these days. When we're weary, we tend to be susceptible, but there is a solution. Flee and pursue. Run to the one who loves us as we are and will help us. He's not trying to catch us out. He's trying to help us out. Run to him.